0: Welcome to the second series of the Olive Magazine Vegan Podcast. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be joined by an expert to take a dive into a specialist plant-based subject. This week I'm learning how to make brilliant celebration food that everyone can enjoy. Okay, I'm delighted today to welcome Bettina Campolucci-Bordi. Bettina is a plant-based chef, founder of Bettina's Kitchen and author of three books, Happy Food, Seven Day Vegan Challenge, and her newest book, which is Celebrate, Plant-Based Recipes for Every Occasion, which sounds fantastic. I've actually had a sneak peek of it, Bettina, and it's a lovely book. So well done on that.
1: Yay. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Just tell us briefly, what, what was the inspiration behind the book?
1: Um, I think I love following the seasons. I also realized that During all our big celebrations like Christmas, Easter, and birthday parties, I guess it's slightly different than what it used to be because a lot of family members have food preferences or might have allergies or sort of might have done a lifestyle change. And so rather than having to cook lots of different things, I wanted to be able to sort of be inclusive and where you have sort of dishes to choose from that everyone can enjoy regardless of their food preference and still feel like they're celebrating and still still feel like they're eating something indulgent and comforting and over the top, but sort of uh, in, as, as much of it in season as possible, but also sort of heroing uh, plant-based foods.
0: <laughs> and I guess especially the, the year and a half we've just had, the idea of celebrating is is like it's on the menu again because before it was like, well, you can't really celebrate because you can't celebrate with anybody, and now suddenly we're allowed to be in a room with people again. So exactly it's a great thing for that. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: so nice. And you know, you know, speaking speaking of the last eighteen months, it was it was quite difficult to write a book about celebrations during the time that we've been through, um, I just thought in the beginning that it would be great because I'll just have lots of people over, (laughs) but it was the exact opposite. So I'm definitely ready to celebrate now. And I think, I think we all are.
0: Yeah. How much does your background inform your cooking? Because I was reading that you've got this really, you had this amazing upbringing. So you've got a Norwegian father, a Bulgarian and Danish mother but you spent a lot of your childhood in Tanzania yes. and then Denmark, which is quite eclectic.
1: Yes, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a big mix. So yeah, I spent my first 11 years in Tanzania, in East Africa, and my next sort of 11 years in Sweden. However, my passport's Danish to complicate things even further. So my, my citizenship is Danish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to travel a lot as a kid, so... And I, you know, I used to travel a lot <laughs> 18 months ago uh, as well for work. So uh, everything sort of influences my cooking, my childhood, my grandmothers, my holidays that we used to go on. It's sort of all enveloped into, into, into my cooking into, in, and into my recipes. And I suppose I don't have a formal chef's training I consider myself more a cook. So I think it gives me more freedom to experiment with flavours and maybe perhaps not follow (laughs) rules, which gives me a bit more freedom to sort of play around.
0: Talking of rules, um, if people are planning to have a big party or a celebration, it can be quite daunting, especially when you've got like a guest list that, you know, exceeds four people. Yes. Have you got any tips for people that that are listening that could sort of help them to get started or help them to be prepared for for doing something like that a hundred percent I think there's so many things
1: that you can make ahead so a lot of the recipes in the book you can sort of do 80 percent of the work ahead of time even a day before so that all you need to do is 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 cook the dish um as and when your guests arrive, or just before, so that you have a lot more freedom to spend time with the people that you that you like, um, rather yeah. than standing in the kitchen and 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 preparing food. So, a lot of these recipes are definitely make-ahead ones, and I I also think that um, there's not many ingredients, so short ingredients lists, even mm. for things that you know during Christmas. There's there's so much. <laughs> Cooking that uh, gets done, but there's lots of things that you can pre-prepare, prepare ahead, and where there's a limited amount of ingredients. There's a there's a pea fritter recipe here. If you've got a bag of peas, all of a sudden you can just create um, yeah. canapés and finger foods in in sort of uh, in a matter of very short time.
0: Mm. Let's talk about some celebration meals and how you can bring some of that plant based magic to them. You talked before about that you're a big champion of vegetables and I know that I think you you favor vegetables over the the kind of um meat replacement products that are out there is that is that true definitely
1: uh I mean I know that there's a market for those and I I'm completely non-judgmental towards people that um eat them (laughs) however I prefer to find different solutions, and I think texture is one of those things where you can use a lot of texture and flavors um, through whole foods. So I use things like whole grains and nuts and seeds and herbs and spices to sort of create different uh, flavor combinations and textures. So there's there's a lot that you can do uh, in terms of that. So there's a taco mince, which I make with sunflower seeds, um there's a like a take on nut roast but with less oh. nuts more vegetables um but with also lots of uh textures uh, throughout uh the recipe and and that's sort of a common theme in in the book
0: so the the taco mince is made it doesn't have say d- a texture vegetable protein in it it's just it's just all veggie it's stuff it's just which... all
1: veggie stuff so i don't use any sort of um, what did you just say? <laughs> the textured TV-
0: TVP, yes. TVP. To I don't use any of that. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't use any of that in my, in my cooking and never have. Um, and maybe, I don't know why it's just, um, when I started cooking plant-based, I, I, I lived in Spain and the, the way that I would sort of source everything was just to go to the food market and see what was in season. And then mm. use what whatever was around me, and that's just something that's stayed on. Um, mm. And I, I prefer to do that.
0: One thing I was thinking is that people, especially you know, big occasions like Easter and Christmas, they're like a thing, like a big thing, you know, to have in the middle of the table. So classically, turkey at Christmas, a joint of lamb at Easter. What kind of vegetables can kind of play that role as the? The main event
1: oh my gosh so in the easter chapter i've got a giant marrow and it's <laughs> stuffed with lots of delicious <laughs> things and it's one of those things that you see in sort of food markets and go what am i going to do with that however it's brilliant because it's um it's perfect for stuffing and if you slow Mm. roast that in the oven and you can even so in the recipe you even tie it up so that all the stuffing sort of stays inside Mm -hmm. and it becomes nice and soft and succulent on the inside and nice and crispy on the outside you know as you would do with a lamb and it's a brilliant sort of centerpiece and it looks quite impressive the same thing with christmas i've got a plant roast rather than nut roast because the majority <laughs> of it is <laughs> is vegetable based. Um, I've got a pavlova wreath which looks quite impressive, which I mm-hmm. make with aquafaba, which is the uh, uh, chickpea water residue mm-hmm. that you get from chickpea cans. Um, there's a spring pie, so that it's just a it's just a celebration of colours and textures and things that are in season, and it's about sort of tweaking your thinking because. We're so used to doing things in one way. It's just opening mm. up that door to uh, more options, I think.
0: Yeah, love it. Um, one thing I liked as well that you do, and you, you, I think I'm paraphrasing you here, you said you like to have lots of different textures and flavours when you're eating. Um, so there's a couple of things, which I think is a great idea, which, which are feasts. So you have like your tortilla feast, which I think you probably use your... your um, your taco in, yes. and then you've got a Korean feast as well. Tell us a bit about that and wh- why that's great for a kind of sharing spread.
1: I think it's just because I'm greedy.
0: <laughs> I'm one of those people, I can't just have
1: one dish in the restaurant. Um, I'm, I've got to sort of have quite a few different dishes because that just gives you an opportunity to try loads more Um, and it's just the way I like eating and again it's it's all about pre-preparation so a lot of those elements in the feasts you can pre-prepare and all you need to do is either reheat it cook it as your guests arrive Um, and then all of a sudden you've got this amazing feast in front of you Um, and again it's about textures. So with the Korean feast, you pile everything up on a nori sheet. So you've got rice and gojujang, cauliflower, and you've got um, a slaw. um, And you can also use uh, baby gem lettuce cups. And that's the same thing with the tortilla feast. You've got all of these flavors coming through, which makes plant-based food much more tasty.
0: Yeah. And also, if you think about something like, you know, a tortilla or a taco, like the guacamole, the pickled onions, um, the salad, a lot of it is is naturally vegan anyway. And then you've just got your one meat element, haven't you? So actually a lot of the, the cuisines that we eat are naturally would lend themselves towards that style of eating.
1: Exactly. That's such a good point.
0: So what about if we were having a party? What sort of things can we bring in? Like, you know, nibbles, sort of um, it, um, party food, things that you can pick up and eat kind of canapés i mean do people still eat finger food i guess i hope i really
1: hope so i'm a child so yeah, i'm a child of the <laughs> 80s yeah. so i love all of all of that type of stuff and you know if you if you look through flick through the book you'll see there's a chapter called dinner at mine um and there's this brilliant um sweet leek tahini dip and you line the herb crostinis on the side of the plate, and you sort of take a crostini, and then you work yourself inwards, like, and just sort of take scoop. a big dollop. Yeah, yeah, you scoop a big dollop nice. of um, uh, leek and tahini, and then uh, gobble gobble it all up. And things like the pea and mint fritters. Mm. I'm a big fan of mayonnaise, so there's lots of <laughs> there's lots of mayonnaise based dips in the book. Uh, little chickpea fritters again can be pre-made. So there's lots of these. Oh, there's um, these smashed new potatoes that are really crispy with uh, like an oat creme fraiche mm. topping. So yeah, lots of things that you can sort of n-
0: so, nibble so on. So you're taking? Are you? Ta- you're kind of taking things that you remember from like you said from your childhood and like recreating them, but plant based style as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. There's definitely lots of Scandinavian influences there. Um there's my grandma's sponge cake uh that she used to make.
0: <laughs> what I want to talk to you about because I've got a friend who's um who's Swedish. Um and she introduced me to the Swedish sandwich cake oh. and I was like, "Are you mad? It's so good." <laughs> she she described it to me once when we were in the pub and I was like, "I don't I don't know what you mean." I don't know what you mean Monica and then and then um she got a picture of it and I was like it's crazy can you describe it if you feel because it is pretty bonkers oh my
1: god it's so good so I've got a Swedish sandwich cake in the book of course uh <laughs> which is a homage to my grandmother uh it's basically sandwich bread that you layer with different flavors so traditionally those would be with sort of oak cream mayonnaise uh, cream cheese, seafood, and charcuterie. Whereas Mm. I flavor mine with, um, you've got, um, beetroot hummus and a spinach hummus layered through. And then you can put things like, uh, beetroot slices, uh, capers for saltiness, gherkins, you can put smoked tofu. So it's like a massive sandwich, (laughs) <laughs> but in cake format. And it's then more you, decorative,
0: isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's, and then you
1: cover yeah. it with an icing, but instead of icing, it's either a mayonnaise-based uh, cream, so to speak, or a cream cheese. And then you decorate it with lots of beautiful uh, baby gem, uh, avocado, lemon slices, baby tomatoes, and sort of celebrate whatever season you're in. And when you slice it, you get... Lovely sort of rainbow colours, and and it's like eating a, a a big sandwich, but a very beautiful one uh, made as a cake.
0: Stick around for more plant based chat from Bettina. If you are doing things like puddings and desserts, because obviously people's head goes straight to like cream or milk chocolate or whatever. How do you approach that as a, a sort of celebration puddings? Um, gosh,
1: there's quite a lot of indulgent ones. Um, so there's a chocolate mousse where I use I use peanut butter and uh, coconut cream mm. as my base. Mm. And there's some orange um, through that as well. Um custard i do these custard parcels with maple and pistachios so they're all sort of custard enveloped little parcels um mm. in uh, phyllo pastry so it's nice and crispy and then it oozes out warm custard
0: gorgeous how do you get the custard flavor without using eggs and so uh, just by using custard powder
1: actually which doesn't <gasps> contain eggs oh, <laughs> so uh, what like
0: a normal so you can just add plant milk to it you can just add plant
1: milk to it and what I like to do is I add a tiny pinch of um, turmeric just for color yeah and then vanilla is your best friend here so proper vanilla pod Um, and you can sort of you can you can add uh, caster sugar or if you want to be slightly um, you can use uh, maple syrup as well or brown sugar Mm. depends on on your preferences but yeah super easy
0: I love that. And I, I had no idea. I'm thinking of it now because when I was little, we used to make bird's custard and it is probably, I remember like making the mix and it's, it's quite cornflour heavy, isn't it? So it probably is cornflour plus, um, some kind of flavourings plus colorings. So it's vegan. I love, I love it when we find a new vegan product that you never think was vegan, like puff pastry, for example, yes. which most are vegan. So people can, you know, make their own. That's fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask you finally, um, because I saw that you'd written something about this on on your website, um, about, we hear a lot about vegan trends. Is there anything that's coming up that you think is going to be, you know, really hot this year um, and Mm. plant-based? And is there anything that you think is ridiculous and is just not going to happen even though they're trying to make it happen?
1: Um, What is coming up? You know what? I think... I think it's really interesting um, in sort of in in different cultures, there's a lot of natural, naturally vegan dishes. And I can definitely see that that's coming up now. And there's so many people that have started cooking online, especially in the last 18 months. So I can see from a cultural perspective, perspective there's a lot more going on than 18 months ago and which is really inspiring um, to see so many people from around the world cooking more and and professionals that obviously haven't been able to work because of the situation that we've been in but have started cooking from home and online um so with that happening there's also lots of uh, interesting trends (laughs) (laughs) uh that I don't know I I see new things all the time do you yeah and you know some of it's just like completely bonkers and and some of it is absolutely absolutely brilliant
0: yeah I guess it's like in at the end of the day the people you know have the power so what sticks sticks doesn't it you know things that stick around or because people try it they like it and they keep on keep on um Cooking. It, yeah, 100
1: percent And also, you know, there's there's something for everyone. Even if if I'm not sort of into that particular trend, there'll be somebody that thinks it's absolutely brilliant. So it's it's quite nice that there's something out there for for every single taste now, more so than ever, I think. I I also think it's really nice that um there's been such a trend in in things uh moving towards more simplistic type of cooking like sourdough and fermentation and that's really gotten an arena and I'm quite excited to see where where that goes um because that's definitely something that's that's growing
0: brilliant well thank you so much for coming to chat to us today Bettina and if people want to get your book again it's called celebrate plant-based recipes for every occasion by Bettina Kampaluchi-Bordi um and they can also find you online at bettinaskitchen.com. Yes. Is that correct? Good, got it right. Um but yeah, and we're gonna do a separate episode where we're gonna talk, have a little deep dive into one of your um brilliant recipes from the book. But um thanks again for coming to chat to us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check out our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.